It's who you are on the inside and showing, like letting that out. I want to only radiate light and positivity. And I work so hard at that every day to like make people feel heard and understood and show them that who they are right now is enough. And that makes me confident. When people tell me that I'm touching them like that, that just boosts my confidence. Every time someone's like, you really helped me. Thank you for listening. That boosts my confidence. That's how I gain confidence. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to the Let's Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and if you're new around here, welcome. It's always a pleasure to meet and connect with you all via the internet, so please hit me up on Instagram and we can chat. I'd love to know what brought you to the show, how you like it, what episodes have resonated with you, all that fun stuff. Now, this podcast is definitely health wellness-based, But as you all know, if you've followed along for a little bit, I love to sprinkle in all sorts of additional topics and just, you know, things to get you thinking. We all need to do some more thinking and open up our mind and open up our heart and just be open to new things. So today's episode with my dear friend Nikki is a great example of it. We do chat about her recovery from an eating disorder, but I'd say that actually most of the episode is spent on the personal growth spectrum. So I always say that recovering from an eating disorder is like reclaiming your life as your own, a new life. And so consider this episode a glimpse into all the ways you can do that, all the ways you can grow and expand once you're ready and once you're open to do the work. I firmly believe, and Nikki says this in the episode as well, but we as humans are energy, and the energy we put out into the world is reflected back at us. Think of it like a mirror. And so the way we choose to live our life determines a lot, actually. The way we choose to show up in our life determines a lot. So if you're starting your day in a negative mindset, and I'm not talking you roll out of bed, you're tired, you're kind of grumpy, I mean you know, you're just starting it in this negative headspace of, you know, why me? This sucks, blah, blah, blah. You see the rest of the world in a negative way. So you go out in your day and you become agitated and frustrated with all the little things that shouldn't upset you because you're choosing to stay in that negative mindset rather than finding the power to look past them and move on with your day and make something of it. Not to mention, when you start your day with that low energy, that low vibration, negative energy, whatever you want to say, you attract that right back. It's the mere reflection effect. I mean, think about it. We've all had those days where it's it's like, what the actual hell is happening? Because I swear the world is against me. I've said those words. I'm sure you've said those words. We've all said those words. At least I assume. But the thing is, the world is not personally attacking any of us. It's way too busy with the rest of the humans trying to kill it, actually. Um, But when you start thinking in that way, you start seeing and experiencing the world in that way. You start seeing and experiencing everyday interactions as attacks against you. You know, little things that kind of get at you and make you frustrated or angry or sad, whatever they are. Everything becomes a trigger, so to speak. Now, I'm not saying to be rainbow and butterflies 24-7, happy-go-lucky positive energy, because that's just not possible. We all have our low times, our bad times, but there is a difference between choosing to stay in those times and choosing to rise above them when you can. So some of us have those times, and we understand that everything is temporary, So we feel the feels and we move on. We rise out of our low times because we know that they come and go. Others of us, however, and the way I used to be, was that when those low times come and arrive, we tend to stay in them much longer. They're the spurts of time, the weeks, the months, when we are overwhelmed by depression, 
or anxiety or fall into old habits. Those are the times when I used to fall back into disordered eating, when I would start restricting again or start exercise addiction again. Because instead of just knowing that, you know, good times are coming, that they can come if I work for them, I was just content to stay down in that low energy, that low vibration, because that was all I could see. And so it kept being reflected back to me. So yes, being high vibe 24-7 is not realistic. But what's important to remember is that when you are in that low energy, that icky place where nothing feels right, nothing goes right, you know that kind of mindset, remember that it's temporary. Remember to keep fighting and supporting yourself throughout it so that you can return to that high vibe place, that good energy, that place where you can just live your life to its full potential. We all want that, right? And so once more, that high vibe, good energy, whatever you want to call it, what, you know, whatever words you want to insert into that phrase, doesn't mean just yay, happy, I'm excited 24-7. It means being able to feel gratitude and feel hopeful and feel love and just see all the beautiful things this life has to offer because life is beautiful, life is abundant, life is meant to be lived. And once more, when you feel those beautiful emotions, you attract those beautiful emotions into your life. So you need to live the life that you want to live. And that right there is a high vibe life. (laughs) And it is something that Nikki and I really hone in on because, you know, if you're in this place of, you know, reaching for that place of good energy and all it has to give you, then you want to kind of, you know, look at your life with a sort of intention to it. So we really discuss living life with intention and what goes hand in hand with living a life with intention is really being aware of your energy. So that's how this whole conversation got started. That's how we fuse the two. So Nikki and I discuss ways to live with intention, to raise your vibration, feel all that good energy flow while also honoring those times when you're just not feeling it, okay? We also touch base on her recovery journey, which includes letting go of old identities, reframing your mindset around food and exercise, and rebuilding those relationships that sometimes can kind of get screwed up when you go through any sort of life challenge, uh, especially with eating disorders. We then talk about, you know, when it does come to energy and just feeling good and being kind of like the most abundant version of you you can be, how sometimes it means proactive self-care, which is a fun topic to discuss. And also, I asked Nikki about just this idea of confidence, and she's someone that exudes confidence from the inside out, and that's what I really wanted to touch on, and she just shares, you know, her journey to kind of becoming that way, embracing this inner confidence that we all have, we can all tap into, if we only know how. So it's a jam-packed episode. Honestly, we talk about so many things. I can't even cover them here. You'll just have to listen. Um, But I truly, truly think that this episode could give anyone and everyone something to think about, something to work on, uh, you know, just something to aim for in their life. So I really hope it does that for you. I hope it resonates. Nikki and I are just a bundle of fun. We're actually recording another episode at some point just to talk about some of our travels together. (laughs) Like, we are just a fun bunch of humans. So this is a fun episode. It also gives you a lot to think about, a lot to take home, or that doesn't make sense. We're not in school. Um, A lot of inspiration, empowerment, all that fun jazz. So we'd love to know what you think about it and please connect. We love people and we love talking. It's like our best skill in life. Nikki is on Instagram at it's underscore Nicolette Marie, spelling is below, and mine is at Emily Feichels, once more spelling is below. Uh, You can also find the podcast, it's a small account, I'm trying to grow it, you know how that goes, Um, it's on there at Let's Thrive Podcast. And if you're a wonderful human and you want to put out some good energy into the world, you can go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review, maybe even subscribe to the podcast, and consider it like good karma, you know, or something like that. Uh, Not to mention, sometimes I pick random people to win something, so just throwing that out there for you. Either way, let us know your thoughts, connect with us, and just know that we appreciate every single one of you that listens to this conversation. Without further ado, let's begin. 
We all know that skincare matters, but the hard part is finding a brand that not only works, but heals your skin as well. That's why I'm so happy to share Lars Skin Co. with you and how these products changed my skin. I suffered from cystic acne and horrible inflammation for about two years. The appearance and the pain of it all really dragged me down in both my personal and social life. I tried product after product and nothing worked until I tried Lark. I'll admit, I was skeptical at first. I'd tried so many before, wasted so much money, but I quickly learned that Lark is different. To start with, their brand values are those of quality, simplicity, integrity, transparency, efficiency, and individuality. I started my Lark journey with their cleansing balm, followed by the Tulsi and Rose facial toner spray, the Willow Bark and Vitamin C serum, and to finish it all off with the Sea Buckthorn plus CoQ10 oil. And let me just say, wow. I tried their product for three months before reaching out, and I have to say I'm a fan for life. Even by changing my diet to better support my skin, I was still struggling with it on the daily. I never imagined it was my old facial care, but ever since starting Lark, it's become clear. <laughs> it really does work. It's truly wonderful and leaves my skin feeling perfect. Not too dry, not too oily fresh and youthful and helps to even out the redness and give my skin a glow with the vitamin C. I even had the founder, Lisa, on the podcast. So to learn more about why their products work so well and the reasoning behind each ingredient, check out our episode together and go to larkskinco.com to learn more. Something I wanted to start out our conversation with is just the question of What's something you do every day to set yourself up for success, to support yourself, to just add a little bit of intention to the beginning of your day before you take on the world? So this is actually really important to me, and it's not something I started incorporating to my life probably till like, I don't know, my senior year of college maybe. I... Every single morning I go on a morning walk and it's not for exercise. It's for my mind because when I don't like just get out of bed in the morning, like I'm just like in a funk. And then as soon as I feel like fresh air or something, like I feel so much better and like my mind just starts flowing and it's just like you're on this like clean slate with yourself. So I always walk in the morning and then I like write and or I leave voice memos in my phone just because I have some free flowing thoughts in the morning. But that's another thing. If I'm not like doing that during my walk, then I'll go home and I'll write. I always try to do, so I call them my morning pages. I write three pages and I I know that like sometimes it's hard to force yourself to write like three pages. That kind of seems like a lot, but I think it's really interesting because when you start, it's like almost surprising what comes out of you. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't know that. I was just like in my mind. And you, I think that's a lot of how I start my day with like intention. I'm always thinking of something I'm grateful for or just setting myself up to have like a good day of good decisions. I love that. I love that. Especially. I think the morning time is so powerful like I know some people aren't morning morning people but I think in general early morning late night they're very like powerful almost magical energetic times where at least for me and a lot of others I've talked to like the creativity is just you know like through the roof you know that's why people are staying up late to work and getting up early to work so do you feel like in the morning when you're out walking and doing all these things to just really support yourself that's why you know, you can do these morning pages and just let the creativity flow. Like, is that where your captions come from too? Yeah, literally. And I write all of my captions every single morning. I've like never once in my life, like had something planned to post. It's just like what I'm feeling that morning. And it's just like, a, it's really neat the morning time, I think, because that's like your time for you. And I think everybody needs that because I was actually, I'm such a nerd. I was reading this like one study and it was kind of talking about how if you don't have this like set morning and like this routine, like by the time it gets to like lunchtime, like you're already like fried because you're making all these decisions. Like, what am I going to have for breakfast? What am I going to do here? Like, what am I going to do here? And you're just like tired by lunch. And like, that's crazy. And that's actually like a huge contributor to something like weight gain because people aren't making good food choices and stuff like that. So it's like, if you can just have your morning, on autopilot and like know that like okay I'm gonna walk I'm gonna have breakfast I'm gonna do this and this and then by lunchtime then you could start making decisions and you're not too tired to do that so you're just like setting yourself up to have like a clear day of like good decisions from a centered place and that's what I really like about taking that time for myself in the morning because when you're by yourself in the morning it's like it's just you before the world like 
you know, all the stuff of the world comes in, like people are like telling you to do this and then now you're expected to be here. So like, I think that's super important for anybody. Like, even if you're not a morning person, maybe just try it. I so agree. And I'm a big advocate for just the idea of decision fatigue. I mean, there gets to a point where we cannot physically, you know, mentally make any more decisions. It's, we've all been there. It's at the end of a long day and suddenly you have to make dinner and it's like, I can't even decide what we want for dinner. My brain is so frazzled from going back and forth about decisions and then, you know, throw in someone with an eating disorder or anything like that. And you have even more decisions because you're trying to, you know, manipulate your food and manipulate your exercise and body. And so it does get to be too much, you know, overwhelming. And so I I agree, whatever you can do in the morning to be your own thing, even if it's, you know, just sitting in the dark or sitting to read or you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe you meal prep in the morning and repack your lunches, just moment to be, you know, silent in your mind and really tap into like who you are, you know, like your yourself before the other world clashes in. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I think it's so important for anybody to at least even try to just like have that time for themselves, even if it's not a walk, even if it's just like stretching or meditating or simply just like taking three deep breaths and just like thinking of three things that you're grateful for because we're so hardwired to think of all that's bad and just like retraining your mind to see like the good in the day just starts you off on like, wow, like today's going to be a good day. And I think that's something that's so people kind of just like hear that and they're like, yeah, I'm whatever. And they don't really try it. And then it's like, when you start doing it, it's just like, oh my God, like every day is going to be a good day. Like what's going to happen today? You know? Oh, it's, it's so amazing. And actually, you know, what I found with that is it's like, you see the good regardless of whatever bad quote unquote comes up, you know, like I don't always label things as good and bad, but it's almost like you see when you allow yourself to be grateful and happy and everything in the morning or whenever part of day, like when you start your day like that, throughout your day, you see more of what makes you happy. You see more of the good instead of like nitpicking and picking out the bad, just finding something to complain about. That was one of the major differences I found because I always used to be like nitpicking and always seeing what wasn't right about a situation. And now I'm just, I'm like a functioning optimist. Optimist, You know, I, I see the good. I see the silver lining. I see the, the light and things, I suppose. But I think that's amazing. I think that's why it's so important to do stuff like that because you are, you would like get rid of that programming to see the bad. And like, you know, most of the conversations, say you're at a coffee shop, most of the conversations between people is just a mutual exchange of complaints. And that like literally like lowers the vibe of you, the person and like the just energy. So it's like, I started to notice that and I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I want to be a part that's like, hey, like, let's do this. Like, you know, I don't want to be bringing down the energy. I want to bring up the energy. I lived for like my life for so long in like this really dark, like negative place. So it's like, I always want to be the person looking for the light in every situation, you know? I love that. And are there any other ways that you support your energy to make sure that, you know, the way you're presenting yourself, your energy to the world is, you know, up to standards, is light and energetic and everything you want it to be? There's times when, okay, so when I'm starting to feel like low energy and like not like myself, I take that like as a very clear sign that I kind of just need to step back. And if that's, you know, stepping away from social media, if it's just going and taking a bath, like I, there's always things to do. Like I have schoolwork, I have, you know, my nursing job, I have things that I need to do. And I have, you know, deadlines for brands and stuff like that. But even with those deadlines, I put myself first. I like, I know that there's things I need to get done, but I also know that I'm never going to put like my full self into it if I'm not filling my own cup up. And I think that's really hard for some people because you, I mean, it was hard for me for so long because I'm like, you know, we connect our self-worth to productivity and we're like, Oh, I have all this stuff to do. If I'm not doing it, then like, you know, this bubble bath isn't going to be help me be productive, but that it's productive in another way. We all have to be productive for our souls too. So I really like to step away. And as soon as I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, I'll go do something that's less productive, like taking a bath or journaling or talking to my sisters, or maybe I just need to watch something funny on Netflix or something, but I need to fill myself up so I can, give that to everybody else because that's what's fair or make a tiktok no or make a tiktok yeah my new your, your latest obsession yeah oh my god that's like so addicting i can't it's a high vibe energy i mean you get dancing you get the yeah. movies in, you get the song in. i love it 
Uh, but yeah, I just agree. And I mean, the idea is we all know that if you just keep running on, you know, no gas, you're an empty cup, your productivity just like flops. Like that's the time when you reach burnout and then you end up spending two hours, you know, like in an Instagram hole because you've just hit your limit and you weren't being proactive by taking the little breaks along the time and recharging and, you know, giving your soul, your energy, just what it needs, which is sometimes just a 10 minute bubble bath instead of keeping going and burning down the whole freaking house. Like, so true. Be proactive people. That's what we say. (laughs) Be proactive on your self care. And so you mentioned in there too, that you did have times where you were in that much lower, darker energy vibration. I've been there. So many people have been there, you know, so can you walk us through that? Like, you know, how did that get started and how did you get through it to get to the place where you are now? Because you are thriving, truly thriving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, oof. Okay. So I, I think throughout high school, I was just like, I had a lot of friends, like always invited to the parties. Parties were always at my house. Like I was always surrounded by people. Like, that's all I cared about was, like, hanging out with people, and I got to college. All of my friends went to different colleges. I didn't even have the best group of friends. Like, honestly, they were probably the world's, I don't even care, they're the world's shittiest people, I swear to God. They were the worst. And they didn't really like, um, I have a twin sister, and they, me and my twin sister, like, both had boyfriends, and none of my other friends had boyfriends, so we were kind of, like, whatever. It was just a really messy friendship and then we all whatever but i was always surrounded by people and then i went to college and my boyfriend left for college and we were with each other every single day and then i was so alone for the first time in my life because even like i had a twin like i'm never alone you know what i mean but then she even went to a different college so it was the first time i was like ever alone and i like did not know how to be alone at all like it was just so new to me and then like my whole life it's I love my twin sister to death but it's very hard because I felt like I was compared to her my whole entire life like she was like the prettier one and like the skinnier one and like it just kind of like fed on like everything and on top of being alone and it just like I got myself into a really dark place and I never like cared about school that much but then in college I felt like I had to step it up and like I was in needed to be a perfect student I needed to be a perfect everything so I just like shut the whole world out and was like so focused on like being this perfect version of myself whatever that meant and then as like time went on I just like started caring way more about being perfect so the perfect meant having this small thin body and like being the perfect student and I really listened to that inner critic that we all have and I really tied myself worth to that critic and it was really hard to detach myself from that and it took years (laughs) but that was like probably the hardest time of my life just was just college in general and like not being able to be with my boyfriend or and I didn't have any friends any I literally was home studying that's all I cared about. I only thought about food. Like my life was just such a little hole of like nothing. I can't even believe who I am now to who I was before. Like if you guys knew me like that me, you'd be like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Same here. And it's funny because, you know, we know each other. We spent some fun times in California together and just knowing you from that point of view, it's hard to imagine you, you know, back then being like a whole different version of you. And if people knew me back, you know, my friends in my local town that knew me back in my dark, you know, dark days like that. Now it's like, sometimes I think they're just kind of lost as to what happened. <laughs> like, who the <laughs> hell am I now? <laughs> like, there's two different Emily's here. But do you think like during that time, it was almost kind of like a mini identity crisis? You know, like you went from being, you know, like, I feel like with a twin already, there's a lot of identity crisis stuff that can happen there already, because it's like, who are you without her? Who are you with her? And then also, like you said, you were with all those people. So do you think going off to college was kind of like you trying to find who you were and not knowing like what to do with it? Seriously, that is like pretty much, I think it, because like I, I was always with people. So I never had the sense of who I was because I, you know, I was with friends with the popular people and I, 
wanted to be like them to stay in the popular people. So I never had this chance to like discover who I was, what I liked, what are my interests. And then I got to college and I had all this time to like think about what I want to do and what I like. And then I just started getting into like healthier food. And well, that was probably tied to the disorder, but I was just like getting into so many different things that I like exploring passions I never had before. And I was like, oh my God, like this is too much for my ego to like, there's nothing to grab onto. Who am I? And I think it finally got to a point where I'm like, when I was getting better and I could start thinking about things that weren't just food or exercise related, I was like, wow, I really like to read. I really like to, me, I never thought I would like to write and I love to write now. And it's just like, that's something I would have never thought for myself. And I write every single day. And there's just so many things that you just learn about yourself and you're like, wow, like I am cool. I love that. And I mean, you are such an eloquent writer that it is, it's funny, you know, to think that you never thought you'd be doing that. And for me, it's similar where, you know, I used to hate my voice. I was in speech therapy as a kid. I mean, I would have laughed in your face if you told me I'd start a podcast someday where my voice was my brand. You know, people probably could recognize my voice just as much as my face. And it's just funny to see how, like, when we give ourselves the chance to grow, from those old restraints, those old limiting beliefs, all of that, we truly do become like a whole new version of ourselves. We discover so much about ourselves. It's so cool. I think it's really important. Like now I value my alone time. Like I need to be alone for like a lot of the day because that's when I'm just like collecting myself and I'm with myself and I'm so like such an advocate for like self-development. And I really think it's important for people to know how to be alone. I know a lot of people who really struggle with like just sitting by themselves. And it's like, that's crazy to me because we have to be able to love ourselves so we can love others better. There's a, there's a huge thing where you need to like learn to love you so that you can spread positivity in the world. And I think that's why there's like so much negativity and like hate is because people like don't know themselves, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think it can be scary sometimes to start to uncover these things about yourself. Like, do you remember ever discovering something or like making a realization about yourself that kind of scared you at first, but you you know, you faced it, you conquered it, you moved on from it. I think what was really hard for me was just like realizing that I could be my own person, you know, cause like my whole life I've had a, a literal other half of me. And then like, she really liked softball. So like, I thought I really had to like softball and she really liked whatever. And I thought I really had to like it. And then when I was able to like go off, like I was scared to like quit some of the things that we did together. And then I was like, but like, at the end of the day, it didn't fill me up the way it filled her up. And that's okay. Cause there's other things out there that I like. And it was kind of scary to be like, Oh, I need to try new things. But I just think there's something really special about living life deliberately and intentionally. And I try to like put that in my life in whatever way I can. So whatever clothes I wear, I want it to reflect my style and who I am. And it's not just throw something on that I've had for years because it's there. And the music I listen to, I don't, I want to listen to it because it makes me feel something not because it's just been on my downloaded for whatever doesn't make me feel special anymore like I think there's something really key and not just being like a passenger in your life and taking control of your life oh I love that and what you said about the clothes actually that when that was part of your morning jots in a caption you did once and I just remember that part like hit home because it's so true you know I I try to live my life with intention I'm all about intention but I just, you know, hadn't really ever thought of it that way, you know, just like something so simple yet that holds so much power. And, you know, something I wanted to ask you was that I, I'm starting to really dive deep into understanding like this idea of confidence. And, you know, to me, you, you are, you just appear so confident, not from a physical, like, I'm not trying to not saying like you're cocky of like, (laughs) you're arrogant of your physical appearance, but I mean, like, you seem so sure of yourself, so confident in who you are as a human. And that's so inspiring to me. Like hanging out with you in person was just so revolutionary. Like it just showed me so much of myself that I still want to work on, you know, that I want to become more confident in and more sure of myself in. So, you know, how have you shifted your mindset around confidence throughout this journey? Because I'm sure back in those darker days, your confidence was probably more externally based. And now I feel like you 
internally are just so sure and confident of yourself. Maybe not. Maybe I'm, I probably, you know, putting, <laughs> putting my own words out here now, but you know, how has that transition been for you? Like what's confidence mean to you? So that is really big to me because I, like during my disorder, if somebody told me that I would ever be sure of who I was and like confident in who I am, I, like you said before, I would have laughed in your face. And I think it took a lot of like self-reflection and just time by myself and just being okay with that I'm different because different isn't wrong. It's just different. And there's like, I think there's such a stigma around being different and there's going to be people who are committed to under, like misunderstanding you and you can't do anything about that. It's like, it's like looking at art. You know, some people see one thing, they see like senseless, like gibberish and some other people are very inspired and touched by it. And that's life. And that's how people work. Some people are going to like you. Some people aren't. And it took me a long time to like realize that not everyone's going to be felt or touched or like me. Um, but I like myself and it, it's all started when I decided to live my life deliberately. When I start, like, I want to wear clothes that I want to wear, not because it's cool or half the things I wear aren't cool, but it's fine because I like it. And like, I, think confidence comes from making little like agreements with yourself and like following through like you're I want to do this tomorrow and this tomorrow and like actually doing it and just getting that confidence within yourself I think there's so much confidence to me isn't doesn't have anything to do externally it's who you are on the inside and showing like letting that out I want to only radiate light and positivity. And I work so hard at that every day to like make people feel heard and understood and show them that who they are right now is enough. And that makes me confident. When people tell me that I'm touching them like that, that just boosts my confidence. Every time someone's like, you really helped me. Thank you for listening. That boosts my confidence. That's how I gain confidence. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I have to agree like fully a hundred percent. I mean, I feel like anyone who goes through that transition from, you know, external confidence to really finding it like from within will just relate to that so much because it's, it's just such a different feeling, you know, like when you, when you feel confident from the inside, because we've all had the times where we feel confident externally, you know, the -hmm. situations, right. The outfits, right. Everything's like what you expected. You feel confident, you feel beautiful. Then the night ends and, you know, maybe you feel fine. But I know I've been there where the night ends and then you're in tears and you don't feel confident anymore. And that's because it's kind of like a false sense of it. But when you get that confidence from within, like it just keeps going, you know, it's like an endless energy source almost. And it kind of like lights you up, gives you a glow. And I feel like it's almost magnetic too. You know, like people are drawn to it almost. At almost every single time, like this is the crazy thing about California, almost every single time, it's just because I'm so happy there and like the sunshine and just like everybody's like, like feels like, and they're in the right vibe. And every single time I'm there, I get people who are just like, you belong here. Like this is like, you're glowing when you're here, you're like a different person. And it's because like the energy and like that alone and just like making people feel good on the street, just a random stranger you just talk to on the street and that just makes you feel good. And like, that is truly how I build my confidence is just reaching out to more people and like actually like feeling like you touch them somehow. And then I'm like, wow, like, okay. And I think the more confident you are on the inside, the more it shows on the outside. And I think so many people are like, wow, you're like glowing. Cause I literally feel it. Like I feel like my soul is bigger than my body sometimes. I, I, I'm just smiling so big because I felt, you know, I feel the same exact way in California. And when we were hanging out together, we just had like crazy, you know, (laughs) crazy things happen. And I fully believe it's because like, we were just both so happy, so confident in those moments that you do become energetic. Like people are drawn to you and it's just, it's so crazy how those things work. And once more, like a side of that energy, you know, like you want a higher energy, you want some good energy out in the world to attract things back to you, like tap into that inner that inner confidence and really like learn to appreciate and honor and respect yourself for that. But yeah, I really think it's, I honestly think at the end of the day, it's stop looking at confidence. Like it's physical appearance and it can only be physical. Like you have this great body and glowing skin. Like that's, that's 
great, but that's only, that's superficial and like artificial. That's not real confidence because you're not going to be this young and beautiful forever. Like you're going to grow older one day. And like, so your physical appearance might not be what makes you confident. So you want to make sure that it's coming from a genuine place inside of you. And say someone is struggling, you know, to accept their physical appearance or to just be at peace with it or not even really associate with it at all. Would you have any, you know, words of advice or experiences, questions you asked yourself when you were, you know, learning to love yourself, learning to respect yourself that really helped you, you know, tap into that inner confidence? A lot of it, this is like something I, and I still do it to this day. I write on my mirror every single day. And like, sometimes I just have something that stays like, um, I think right now it says I receive all the good, like life has to offer me. And I always write, I am enough. And like, I just try to reinforce that to myself. I try to like rewire my brain to not always be nitpicking at me. And I really try to disengage myself from that inner critic that we all have. And that really takes over during your disorder. Cause we all have it, but it's really big to just, when you hear that coming in, it's really important to just try to block it out or just like, I don't know, a lot of the times I just use like humor. Like whenever I thought like I ate a lot, I'd like literally like talk to my inner voice and be like, oh, you think I ate a lot now? Like see what I'm going to have for dinner. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just, you always have to like stop this inner critic from like crushing you. You have to be bigger than that and show like, I, I am my own person, not whoever is talking to me in here. And I think you gain confidence by showing yourself that you can block that out and you don't have to listen to every single thought you have. Oh, I love that. That is so true. And I'm, I just, I love the entire idea of, you know, like identifying that voice that isn't your own inside and really learning to, you know, recognize it and face it and move past it, you know, if need be. So like when it came to recovering from your eating disorder, then were there any other tools that you also use to just get out of those habits, you know, like identifying that inner critic voice can help with your physical body and with eating disorder tendencies too. But were there any other, you know, mindset shifts or tools or just like lifestyle things you did to help release the rest of those patterns, those habits, you know, that kind of just become instinctual in our bodies after so long? Yeah. Uh, the things that helped me the most during recovery were one, I, so a lot of us can relate that when we're in our disorder, we self-isolate like it's nobody's business. Like you are just, it's just you and there's nobody else. And I think what really helped me was not being afraid to open up to at least one person about the thoughts inside my head. And I had one friend in college eventually I made a friend and it was actually crazy because her older sister actually went through an eating disorder too so my best friend like completely understood everything and she was so patient with me and I could start to talk to her and like say things that I never would say out loud before and once I once you really hear your thoughts out loud and realize how crazy they sound you kind of just like it really makes you like rethink like everything you know she would be like okay did you hear what you just said after you know and it was like so eye-opening to have somebody to confide in and tell my thoughts that I thought were insane and that really helped me a lot was just like knowing that I had someone to like release some of this inner like whatever was going on inside of me out I think it's really helpful to have someone you really trust and what also helped me again was writing just writing out my feelings because that's kind of like saying it out loud kind of thing except just writing it and I think so I think writing helped a lot but also a lot with writing on my mirrors helps because you just it's the first thing you see like for me like because my mirror is right by my bed so I like wake up and see that and I'm like okay like who I am isn't my body. I'm way more than just a body. And I don't want to live my whole life fearing food and my body. Because it's crazy that we put so much time and effort into like making enemies with food when we can put that same time and effort into being at peace with food. You know? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And I think, you know, facing those food fears and really healing that relationship with food is so so critical, but so, so hard. And it's something I still openly struggle with. You know, I'll do a post and I'm like, surprise, this is the first time I've been able to eat this food fear in like months because, you know, some bit of diet culture got in my mind and, you know, it was constructing my thoughts. So 
were there, you know, like, how did you move past the food fears then? And really, I mean, cause now you create these recipes that are just beyond delicious and like being with you in person, it was so abundantly clear that you are, you know, really in this amazing, beautiful, comfortable place with food that I hope to be fully with someday. And I hope everyone gets to be there, but like, how did you set about doing that part of recovery? So with food fears, I had to, it was a constant mind game. Like there was things that I just were like, I, I don't think I'll ever eat that. Like, and it's crazy to me now, like thinking back, I'm like, oh my gosh. But also I think it's different because like I have um, two sisters and like my boyfriend, whatever, and they have a completely comfortable relationship with food. And it helped me tremendously to see that. Like my twin sister will just eat like bagel bites, you know, like whatever, those little frozen things and not, and like have ice cream, like 10 minutes later. And it's just like seeing that and just seeing that other people can have this really cool relationship with food was like really like and not even think about it. You know what I mean? I went from, you know, having breakfast and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to have for lunch? Because this is what I have for breakfast. And now I have to have this for lunch. And then well, now what can I eat for dinner? And I just think it comes down to just knowing that food is food. And yeah, diet culture is loud, but that doesn't mean you can't silence it. You have such, you have the power, no matter what you may feel, you have the power to define health for yourself. And, you know, there's some people who talk about like the 90, 10 rule and I, I'm a nurse and I'm in school to become a health coach. I do know the power of eating healthy, but I do know that there, that doesn't mean shit if you're going to restrict everything and have this weird relationship with food. So I try to just go into everything like this may feed and nourish my body or this may feed and nourish my soul. And I know that our bodies need different foods for nourishment. We need to get vitamins from many different things. And there was a point where I was only eating the same things and like for so long. And I would go to like holistic doctor's appointments, doctor's appointments and realize that I was just so like undernourished, even though I thought I was so healthy because I was only eating, you know, cause you think you're so healthy when you're in your eating disorder. Cause you're like, well, I'm only eating this smoothie and blah, blah, blah. And then you realize you're actually not that healthy. And your hair's falling out, your nails are thin, and you're, you know, you, you have bags under your eyes, and you're like, oh, am I this epitome of health? So I think that was huge for me. It was just like, yeah, diet, diet culture is loud, but you can define it for yourself. And I think that means allowing whatever and just being at peace with it. And it's hard to get past the guilt, but it's possible. And that's what I want to make clear to anybody listening who like is struggling. It is so possible to just eat something and walk away and not think about it. I know it's so funny. Those it's kind of like a like well damn moment when you just look over and you see someone you know around you. Like for me, it was my little cousins. We'd be on vacation, and you know it's like their kids and like the stuff they eat and how they eat it and when they eat it. Like it's just so sporadic and fun and normal. And being around them, you know, even this past summer when I had made a lot of strides in my recovery and everything, being around them just showed so many thoughts that I still have around food, you know, and around time, like all that, all that shit that comes from eating disorder and diet culture. And so, yeah, like finding those people that, you know, aren't a negative diet culture influence in your life, but the people that are like, just so normal, so normal that it, it causes you to see how abnormal your tendencies and your habits are. I think what, like, that's a big part of, like, how, like, there was a point where, like, I couldn't do Instagram during my recovery because it was just too much. There was way too much noise, blah, blah, blah. And, but it really did help when I know somebody who, like, struggled with a disorder and then they have this completely normal relationship with food and you're just like, oh, like, okay, I can do that. Like, it's not that, it is hard, trust me. I'm not going to say it's not that hard because it is hard. But I think the biggest thing with it, though, is just we have that critic, but maybe instead of being critical about what you're eating, be curious. Like, why is that making you guilty? And then it comes down, you get to such a deeper thing. It's never about the food, ever. It's never about the food. It's about something else. So it's like, well, I don't want to eat that piece of ice cream cake because then I'll get fat. And then being fat means nobody will love me. And I think it's so important to just be curious. Like we feel guilty and it's like, you didn't do anything wrong though by eating a piece of cake. So it's like, why like you, we literally feel like we like 
did something like illegal or wrong and we put all this guilt on us and it's like you didn't do anything wrong just by having a piece of cake and I think that's when I was kind of like whoa in my recovery like I'm not going to be critical of myself I'm going to be curious with myself oh I love that so much and it is it comes down to asking yourself why you know I think that's a question we should all ask ourselves you know daily you know every other day whatever is like have a why as part of your day, you know, like, why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? Why am I, you know, experiencing this feeling? And I think that is so true because like we've all been there where it's like you, you eat the extra cookie, you eat the extra, you know, servings, whatever it is. And you just get upset with yourself. You know, you think you did something wrong. You feel guilt. And lately, you know, whenever that would happen with me, I would just ask myself, you know, why? Like, why do I think this one extra cookie is going to make a difference in my health and wellness? Like, no, it's just, it's, you know, and when I discovered what it was, like my why, why that was scaring me was because it took me back to the days when I would, you know, like restrict all day and binge at night. And I realized like, wow, my body still thinks it's in that like restrict and binge mode, but you know, it's not. And now it's like trying to convince, you know, the mind and the body of, you know, like I am healing, you know, like, trust me, you know, like trust, like getting your mind and your body to trust that you are recovering and that you are nurturing your bodies in the right way. But yeah, like asking yourself why is power. So so powerful. Yeah, it really is. Cause it's just, it's never about the food, no matter how much it seems like it's about the food. It's never has anything to do with the food. It has to do something with you like, and not feeling worthy or not feeling like you're going to be loved or whatever. You're not going to be good enough. And it's crazy that we use food as that like distraction from getting down to our roots. Yeah. It's like almost, you know, like a coping mechanism, exactly. or control, anything like that. And yeah, it's, blows my mind, but uh, something I'd wanted to ask you before, and we were talking about energy and it completely went over my mind, but you did a post, I don't remember quite when, and you were talking about just once more energy and how, you know, like we really do have to be intentional and mindful with where we put it, where we invest in it. And something you brought up was the idea of, you know, like let go of toxic friends, toxic relationships, things that no longer serve you. So how has that played out in your life where you've learned, you know, what's, what serves you, what's meant to be in your life, what uplifts you. And then what's more of that, like toxic energy, the toxic stuff that you just really don't need in your life right now. So I'm so big and such a big advocate for just getting rid, no matter how hard it is, no matter who it is, getting rid of that toxic energy, because no matter what that is going to lower your energy, no matter how hard you try to like fix it, like, like some people are just committed to not liking you. Some things are just like not for you and that's fine. And it's so for me, like I just always try to surround myself. And that's why I love the Instagram community because this space is filled with people trying to better themselves, do something for themselves, get healthier. And that's amazing. And that's really inspiring to me. And those are the people like you you're always chasing something else. Like you're always working on yourself and it is so freaking inspiring for you to be like, well, I'm hosting this event and I'm just proud of myself because I did it or anything like that's amazing. And that's the people I want to be around or people who are like committed to themselves, learning, growing. And I think like somebody mentioned this before, it's just like, you're a combination of the top five people that you like surround yourself with. And like, that really makes you want to put into perspective who you're surrounding yourself with. And when it comes down to like negative people, it's sometimes it's just just as easy as just not responding to their texts anymore, not answering their calls, because you don't owe anybody an explanation. If they're toxic to you, bye. You don't need that in your life. You need to work on you. You want to be with people who inspire you and uplift you and compliment you and help you and like want to help see you grow. And there's so many people who don't want you to grow. And that's hard. And it's kind of hard to like see like who's just using you and who's like genuinely wants to be your friend. But if you have that gut, I'm, oh my God, your gut feeling is a compass. And as soon as you feel this bad energy with somebody, it's like, you don't need that in your life. Just get them out as quick as you can because you are way better off without them. I so love that. And that gut feeling, that intuition that guides us all. And, you know, we just have to kind of learn to tap into it and trust it. And 
you know, how have you learned to really trust that gut feeling, that intuition, you know, the thing that's guiding us when we don't even realize we're being guided? How has that played out in your life? I think it's, and I, I really, I really think it's hard. I think it's really hard because your mind and gut, it's like your heart and your mind are both telling you different things because you're like, you want to like believe in the best of people, but like deep down, you know, that there's just something wrong. And I think we all feel that we try to ignore it. We try to distract ourselves from it. But I think we know when we're like, this is not right for me. And that took me so long, but then it would be proven to me after somebody would, you know, I would find out they were talking about me or they just like would say something that was a little like red flag. And then I'm like, okay, like clearly this isn't a good fit for either of us. And you just kind of have to be picky and, you know, kind of selfish and be like, you're not good for me. So you're, you're not going to stay in my life if you're going to be like pulling me down when all I want to do is go up. I mean, yeah. Intuition. I'm just like, if, if anyone can do one thing to better their life, like learning to trust and tune into that intuition. I mean, it's powerful. Like it'll, it'll guide you. Your intuition is a compass, but it's also a muscle and it needs to be flexed and you need to practice it and you need to keep going with it. You need to learn to trust yourself. And that's another way to build confidence right there is because you'll show yourself that you're not wrong. And sometimes it's not like, sometimes you don't have to completely get rid of people in your life. But like you said, it's about having strong boundaries with that person who you feel a little bit off with. You kind of just have to realize that you can't, you don't need to tell them everything and you don't need to trust them, but you, you know, but just be on guard. Exactly. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, we can all be functional human beings. You know, we can all play nice. We can all do those things, but yeah, really learning who to give your energy to, who to set the boundaries with and everything is life skill right there that we all could could go by. But, um, well, you are just like amazing. And I feel like, I feel like we touched on so many topics tonight, uh, just going from one to the next, but it was truly like, everything I wanted to cover with you. Um, You're such a light. And if you could just let people know where to find you and everything, I'd love for them to follow along. So my Instagram is at it's underscore Nicolette Marie. And yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) To be honest, Nikki and I probably could have talked for another entire hour, but we have to keep things, um, you know, on schedule here at Let's Thrive. So Nikki will be back, I am certain of it, for a second episode. We're already recording another bonus episode soon. That'll be released, and it's more of a fun, like, live a day in the life with Nikki and I in California version. You'll see what I mean. (laughs) But I hope this episode gave you something to think about, something to inspire, empower, educate you, all that fun stuff, and let us know if it did. Let us know your thoughts, what hit home, what have you. Nikki is on Instagram at it's underscore Nicolette Marie. I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Everything's linked below. We appreciate you. We love you. Please connect. And with that said, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.